Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. Europe is bracing itself for an energy emergency amid increasing fears the Kremlin could stop vital gas supply as a tool in its war. Germany gets a large portion of its natural gas from Russia. But the Nord Stream pipeline that provides it has been switched off. There's growing concern Vladimir Putin won't put it on again. Today, energy analyst Tom Marzek Mansa on how that could send not only Germany but the whole of Europe into recession and mean we would be left paying more too. Yeah, hi, my name's Tom Marzek Mansa. I'm the head of global gas analytics at ICIS in London. Tom, I want you to tell me first about this Nord Stream pipeline. What is it? So, the Nord Stream pipeline, Nord Stream 1 pipeline, is a uh, 55 billion cubic meter per year pipe that goes underneath the Baltic Sea from Russia all the way to Germany, so bypassing lots of uh, Central and Eastern European states. And it's it's been the the cornerstone to Gazprom's uh, deliveries of Russian gas to Germany for about a decade or so. Gazprom is Russia's pipeline export monopoly. So it is the only company uh, able to export gas from Russia by pipes. Uh, and of course, it is, it is run by the Russian state. This is a, a pipeline that takes gas from Russia into Germany. So how reliant is Germany on this? How much natural gas does it get via this pipeline? It, it gets an awful lot of it. I mean, 55 billion cubic metres per year. That that doesn't cover all of German gas demand by any stretch. But up until this year, uh, broadly speaking, you'd say Germany is around 50, 55% reliant on Russian gas in, in, in general. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that would have come through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. It also was receiving gas through other trunk lines that deliver Russian gas into, into Europe. Okay, so I think the next logical question, Tommy, is why on earth would Germany have wanted to rely on Russia for its gas in the first place? It sounds, even before a war began, it sounds like a pretty risky thing to do. I'm not sure I entirely agree with that, if I'm perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Germany is a huge manufacturing nation. It needs cheap energy to to run that industry. Russia was offering cheap energy. It was also undergoing a huge transformation in its energy market. Basically, it was decommissioning coal-fired generation in some shape or form, or wanting to decommission coal-fired generation. Since Fukushima, it's been wanting to decommission nuclear reactors as well. And therefore, as you ramp up renewable generation and you're closing thermal coal and nuclear, gas is the obvious transition fuel to, to bridge that gap until renewables can fully penetrate into the power market. So from a cheap supply point of view and, and from an alternative energy point of view, gas and, and cheap Russian gas was, was a logical option for the German government. Okay, so you, you see it as a, a sort of logical decision to have made to have this pipeline to have a pretty big reliance on Russia to get this gas into Germany. But now it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Russia's switched off the pipeline. It's taken it offline. Is that normal? So, yeah, having an annual maintenance on, on any piece of industrial equipment, be it gas pipelines or other, is, is a fairly standard 
procedure. It is for, for Nord Stream 1, the middle of July for about 10 days is the period in which that pipeline goes offline. Of course, what wasn't expected is that the pipeline was already flowing below capacity, uh, which, which occurred about a month ago. Um, and of course, what wasn't expected, of course, is that, that, that the, the relationship between uh, Russia and Europe and, and Russia and Germany in particular has, has significantly changed uh, since the, the start of the Ukraine war. We're kind of at a very, very tense period. There is a, a concern that uh, given what we've seen in, in recent weeks and recent months, that maybe that pipeline doesn't either come online immediately after it's expected or, or come online at all. Uh, for one reason or another. And, that, and that's the thing that's really, really worrying the market at the moment. Mm, okay, let's come to that risk, that potential that people are worried about, that perhaps it won't come back online after its 10 days of maintenance. But you mentioned that it wasn't flowing at full capacity anyway. So just take me back to that. What happened there? Yeah, so so on, on Nord Stream 1 in particular, it, typically runs all the time because it's, it, it's, it's the main route to market for Gazprom. But a month ago, Gazprom said there was a compressor issue. So Gazprom was saying that they were unable to run the pipeline at full capacity because some of the compressors which they rotate uh, were now malfunctioning and, and they, they really slashed the, literally 40% of, of the pipes, pipes capacity, what they were putting through it. So a, a significant drop um, ha- happened in the middle of June. So... Are people worried, I suppose, that Vladimir Putin is using gas supply as a tactic in his war? Yeah, I I think the evidence suggests that that is the case. Pre-war, I think it's fair to assume that most people in the gas market felt that Russia was a very reliable gas supplier. It's really important to kind of stress that and and how how it's kind of gone 180 degrees uh, in that regard. So this really feels just like another piece of the puzzle, so to speak, in terms of Russia finding regions to reduce its gas supply to Europe and therefore really, really tightening the market and, and, and you know, ultimately a domino effect which leads to a, a huge cost of living crisis within Europe and arguably the world. And, and, and obviously that, that could lead to um, major recessions uh, as, as the cost of manufacturing rises, as the cost of energy for homeowners rises. As I say, not just in Europe, but we we are certainly seeing this ripple uh, globally. The world is about to see a major energy crisis. Germany is already experiencing a crisis with major price hikes. And Ukraine has fueled the global energy crisis and has sharpened the need to achieve long-term reliable energy security and stability. Mm, So if Vladimir Putin decides not to switch the Nord Stream pipeline back on on July the 21st, you're saying that could actually really send Europe into a recession, the whole of Europe into a recession. That sounds pretty serious. It is pretty serious. I mean, I, I, my focus is very much on the gas market, but just to put some of these numbers into perspective, mm-hmm. gas, wholesale gas in Europe at the moment is a, the ICIS price for the TTF was €178 Euros per megawatt hour. Pre-COVID, a normal price would be €20 Euros per megawatt hour. So we're almost 10 times the price of where gas normally is mm. so of course that as as a as a input to industry that as an input into the power market is is making everything more expensive and so just with a, a flick of a switch 
Vladimir Putin, what could send that 178 figure higher? Is that what you're saying? I mean, he could make this even worse. Certainly possible. So shortly after, um, shortly after the war started, the, the ICIS TTF price was was hovering just over 200, I think 210 euros per megawatt hour. So that's an all-time high. Mm-hmm. I mean, before the last six, 16, 18 months, you know, these prices never really broke out of a between 10 and 30 euro range. So we are in completely unprecedented times. It is fairly likely that the market is is factoring in a risk that the, the pipeline could get cut off. Mm. I think that's not the base case, but it's being considered and, and, and accounted for. But certainly if, if, if we got to the 21st of July and, and no molecules started to drip through that pipe into, into northern Germany, then I think we would see some further gains in the, in the gas price. And of course, that has ramifications outside of Europe in terms of gas pricing as well. It impacts, obviously, feeds back to Australia. It impacts um, the South American markets as well. So it, 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 it will resonate globally. Okay, so we're not sort of immune from it, even though we're quite far away from you. Mm. If it does eventuate, if that does happen, what can Germany and the rest of Europe do? Are they putting things in place to, to help soften the blow? Well, from a gas perspective, at least, what, what, what we've seen since the beginning of the, the war is that the European Commission, working with, with Berlin and, and Paris and, and the other capitals, is, is an aggressive move to increase liquefied natural gas, gas on boats, LNG. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and imports of LNG um, have, have, have been at record levels this calendar year. And with that, building more infrastructure to facilitate yet more imports of LNG of seaborne gas. The problem is liquefied natural gas is, is that much more expensive. And from a European perspective, you need to pay more to outcompete the Japanese, Korean, Chinese and, and Taiwanese markets, which are the sort of cornerstone of demand of LNG. And of course, there are policies as well to, in time, reduce the reliance on gas full stop. Unfortunately, I think the other aspect is that what the European governments are having to accept is that it means in the short term more coal-fired generation as well. So, Tom, what now? Do we just sort of have to sit back and watch and wait to see what Russia does on the 21st of July? I think that really is the only uh, option. It's a, it's a literally a, a wait-and-see situation. So that's why this week in particular is going to be, or is very, very tense on, 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 the, on the European gas market. Tom Marzik-Manser is the head of gas analytics at the Independent Commodity Intelligence Services in London. Germany's economy minister, Robert Habeck, says the government is preparing for the worst-case scenario. This episode was produced by Sydney Peed. Additional production by Chris Dengate, who also did the mixing. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily abc.net.au Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.